helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart. Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Welcome back to the Life Transformation Show. I'm Denise Hart, your co-host, and today we're exploring the vital topic of healing attachment injuries with the guidance of our esteemed guest, Michael Hart, a psychotherapist with a wealth of experience in this field. So, Michael, we've talked last week about how attachment styles can affect our faith. But now, let's dive into the journey of healing these attachment injuries. Absolutely, Denise. And I'm so excited to be taking this next step in the journey that we have been on in discussing this very important topic. I want to remind our listeners that our God is a God that's all about healing. And in John 14 verse 27, which is actually a theme verse of our ministry, says, I am leaving you well and whole. That's my parting gift to you. Peace. I don't leave you the way you are used to being left, feeling abandoned bereft. So don't be upset. Don't be distraught. And that's John 14, 27 from the message version. So today we are talking about healing and how you can heal attachment injuries that you may have had in your childhood due to neglect or abandonment or any other trauma that you may have suffered as a child. So before we get into the show, let me rewind, remind the listeners that they can find out more about us and reach out to us for counseling help by going to our website, elimcounselingministry.com. So let's get started, Michael. Could you tell our listeners what is the first and most crucial step to healing attachment injuries? The first and most crucial step is to identify your attachment injury. Recognize that these injury is the found, injuries are the foundation of your healing. Identifying these injuries, I should say, is the foundation of your healing. Our early experiences, particularly with caregivers, can profoundly shape our adult relationships and emotional well-being, including our relationship with God. When we recognize what these injuries are and are able to identify them, we will have great insight into root causes of certain patterns in our lives. So often I have talked with women who will say something like, why is it that I keep attracting the same kind of bad men into my life? And as we explore this and we get to the root of their attachment injury, we begin to uncover the key that a lot of these women are acting out of 
emotional wounds that they have suffered in childhood that say, I don't deserve love or I don't deserve commitment or I deserve to be treated badly. So when you get to the root of those injuries, you can begin to change those negative patterns that sabotage the happiness that you want in your life. That makes a lot of sense, Michael. So could you walk our listeners through some practical tips on how to recognize their attachment injuries? I think one important tip is to self-reflect and self-examine. And by this I mean take time for introspection and think back to your childhood experiences, especially those related to caregivers or primary attachment figures. And as you do so, consider whether your experience whether you experience neglect, abandonment, inconsistency, or other challenges in those early relationships. And by consistency, I mean, did you have parents who sometimes were the greatest parents in the world, and at other times you feel like they were the exact opposite, and this left you feeling confused? So think about those patterns, and also start journaling. Journaling is a powerful tool. Write down your thoughts, emotions, and memories related to your early relationships. Writing often helps to uncover past wounds and recurring patterns. What we often do is the opposite. We try to shut those negative experiences out of our minds and pretend as if everything was okay or pretend that we're over all the hurt of the past. You know, sometimes, Denise, I meet uh, people who will come in that say, everyone think that I have an anger problem, but I am not angry. And as they begin to talk and they ask questions about why others may think so, they explode in anger. <laughs> and so many of these uh, people, they are not aware that they have been wounded and that they're acting out of that space of an emotional hurt. So journaling can help to uncover your childhood wounds and also seek feedback because these same people who will say, I don't have an anger issue, if they will begin to talk to trusted friends, if they will be able to listen to others, others will be able to tell them that, yes, you did, ha you do have an anger issue. So open up to close friends, family members, or even a therapist about your experiences and any difficulties you have experienced in your adult relationships. And maybe you will begin to see a pattern in your behavior that indicate that you have suffered an attachment injury. Those were valuable tips, Michael. It's crucial to remember that recognizing attachment injuries is an ongoing process. Healing takes time and self-compassion is always needed. So for our listeners, don't hesitate to seek support and guidance along the way. Yes, and let me say to Denise that if you if you are 
new to this show or if you're just joining us today and you missed last week's show in last week's show we went into detail about the different types of attachment injury and the effect that it can have on your life and your relationship with God and we give biblical examples of these attachment injuries so if you missed that show you can find it by going to our website just search elimcounselingministry.com and yes attachment injury is a very uh, significant uh, event in a person's life. It can indeed be a challenging journey to heal from these injuries. But with the commitment to healing, you can gain profound insight into your past and work your way towards healthier and more fulfilling relationships in the future. Thank you, Michael, for shedding light on the importance of identifying attachment injuries. It is indeed a vital starting point. Now let's explore the next steps in healing. Could you share what comes after recognizing these injuries? What's the next crucial step? The next crucial step is to identify and challenge negative self Talk. As a result of attachment injury, we have certain negative things that we say to ourselves over and over. You know, things like, I am so stupid, or who would ever want me? And sometimes we say these things out loud when we make a mistake, like, I'm so stupid. But sometimes we don't actually give voice to it. But it's a narrative that's running in our mind and sometimes even in our subconscious that we have these these things. So I think the next crucial step after recognizing your attachment injury is to begin to challenge those self-talk and reframe these negative self-talk is an essential step towards healing. So if you have self-talk like I am unlovable, I am ugly, I am stupid, no one will ever want me. You can begin to reframe those ways of thinking, identify those thoughts, and begin to challenge them. And challenging those thoughts might include things like, what have others told you that are contrary to how you feel about yourself? Maybe you feel that you're ugly, but people have told you that you have good looks or there are things about you that people have found to be attractive. Maybe there is a voice in your head that is telling you that you are stupid, but you have experiences and achievements in life that prove the opposite. So begin to think about and challenge those negative thoughts. And cognitive behavior therapy is a powerful means to begin to challenge negative self-talk. We have a variety of tools that we use in counseling that can help you to begin to challenge negative self-talk and to replace them with healthier beliefs about yourself. So indeed, that sounds like a powerful approach, Michael. So could you explain how CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, techniques 
can be combined with biblical principles to help individuals reframe their negative self-talk in the context of attachment injuries? Absolutely. That's such an important question. And I think when we look at how Jesus dealt with the temptation in the wilderness, for example, when the devil came to him and says, if you be the son of God. In other words, there is a doubt there that he's trying to place in Jesus' mind about who he is. And each time that he did that, the devil did that, Jesus replied with it is written. So Jesus is using scripture in a way to help to overcome those negative, those, those negative self-talk. So after identify those, identifying those negative self-talk, begin to challenge those distorted beliefs. And scriptures can be a powerful way of challenging those beliefs. But you can also challenge those beliefs by evidence-based methods, by looking at evidence that prove the contrary. This is where uh, you will apply CBT techniques to address and challenge distorted beliefs that often stem from your attachment injuries. And these beliefs can involve feelings of unworthiness, rejection, or fear of abandonment. You can begin to look at things in a more rational way using these cognitive behavioral principles that will help you to effectively challenge and change these distorted ways of thinking. And we don't have time in today's show to go into all of the techniques that we use, but if you if you need to find out more about these tools, give us a call by going to our website, elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two hells, ministry.com. So what I'm hearing you say, Michael, is that Recognizing and becoming aware of negative self-talk is indeed crucial. Now, as we move forward, could you elaborate on the next step in this process? What comes after identifying negative self-talk? So as you identify the negative self-talk, you want to be able to replace these negative self-talk with more balanced thoughts. So for example, if you feel that nobody in your church likes you, and this is the self-talk that you're telling yourself all the time, whereas you only have a conflict with one or two persons in the church, then maybe you need to look at the other uh, 200 people that you don't have a conflict with and say, a more balanced way of looking at it is that I do have an issue with these two individuals. We can't get along, but there is 198 other people that I get along well with. And that's a more balanced and rational way of looking at the situation. When when Elijah was in the wilderness and he said, I am the only one left, Lord, and they are trying to kill me. When he was fleeing from Jezebel in 1 Kings 19, God actually showed to him that he has a distorted way of thinking by saying, no, I have 7,000 others who have not bowed their knees to Baal. So a more balanced way of thinking for Elijah would be, you know what, things are really 
hard right now. Uh, Jezebel has killed some of the prophets, but there are still 7,000 others who have not been killed and who have not, who, who have not, uh, converted over to worshiping Baal. And I think the next thing that we can do to, to, to challenge these negative self-talk is to think about scriptural affirmations. What does the Bible say about you? You may be thinking you're worthless, that you're a mistake, that you shouldn't be alive, but what does the Bible say about you? So, for example, Psalm 139.14 states, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So you might think that you you are ugly and there is something wrong with your appearance, but God says that you are wonderfully made. And as you begin to 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 dwell on scriptures like this, you can change and begin to heal from your attachment injury. Michael will be right back. You have been listening to the Life Transformation Show, where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services has been speaking on the topic, How to Heal Attachment Injuries. You can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com or by calling 1-877-204-2914, where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Your donations help us to stay on the air and to provide subsidized counseling to those who can't afford it. So, Michael, uh, that was a comprehensive approach that you just gave. It's encouraging to see how psychological techniques and biblical principles can work hand in hand in the healing process. And you had mentioned about negative self-talk. But what about negative thoughts towards others? Could that be a sign of an attachment injury? Absolutely. Uh, we often have core beliefs about others and about the world that we live in. And psychologists call these negative core beliefs. And core beliefs are very deeply held assumptions about others. They are firmly embedded in our thinking and significantly shape our reality and behavior. In fact, I would go so far as to say that nothing matters more than our core beliefs. They are the root causes of many of our problems, including our automatic negative thoughts. So what are some of the commonly held core beliefs about others, Michael? A common one is people cannot be trusted. And uh, I speak with some of my clients who would say, my dad would always say, don't trust anyone. So as a result of this, people grow up with those children, grow up with the concept that people cannot be trusted. Other core beliefs may be authority figures are evil. And this may come out of experiences with parental figure or other authority figures such as teachers in life that treated uh, you unfairly. 
And so as a result of that, you are scared of all authoritative figures and you believe that all authoritative figures are evil. Or you might have the core belief that say others are always how to hurt, to hurt me. And so these are individuals who have been hurt by caregivers and authoritative figures early in life. Or others will always reject me because they have been rejected by others. So what are some of the scriptures that we can use to overcome these negative thoughts about others. I love to use scriptures. As I said, Jesus used scriptures in his temptation in the wilderness. And one scripture that comes to mind in Prover- is Proverbs 25, 19, where it states, like a broken tooth or a lame foot is reliance on the unfaithful in time of trouble. So this verse acknowledges the existence of unfaithful individuals, but it encourages discernment rather than condemning all people as untrustworthy. So we see also from scriptures that Jesus had 12 disciples and they didn't all betray him. They didn't all deny him. And so it's important to realize that, yes, human beings are flawed. They are flawed individuals, but not Everyone is evil. Not everyone is out to get you. So when it comes to authoritative figures, uh, for example, that all authoritative figures are evil, we can look at passages like Romans 13, 1, where, where we read, let everyone be subject to the government, governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. So this passage emphasizes submission to authority while recognizing variations in the righteousness of authority figures. God is not saying through the scripture that every authority figure is good. But what he's, what God is saying that he has a purpose and a plan overall for everything that is happening, every authority figure that is in place. And when you think about things like others will reject me, we can think of Romans 15, 7, which encourages believers to, quote, accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. So if you reject everyone, you're not following godly wisdom because godly wisdom calls on us to have community and to be able to be encouraged by others. So you will be setting up yourself for psychological harm if you cut off everyone as being evil. Those are great scriptures. So what's your next point now, Michael? My next point is to develop healthy coping mechanism. Healing attachment injury takes time. And while you're doing so, while you're healing, it's important to learn how to cope. So things like developing Emotion regulation is an important technique because what this means is that you're able to control your emotion when you're triggered by a circumstance. So instead of becoming angry, knowing how to take deep breath, knowing how to name your emotion and to reframe the negative thoughts that are going on in your mind are all things that will help you to regulate your emotion, but also develop problem-solving skills. Attachment injury can also lead to recurring conflicts in relationships 
relationship as individuals may carry unresolved emotional wounds that affect their interaction with others. So problem solving skills like identifying the problem, breaking it down, gathering information, brainstorming solution, testing the solutions and reflecting and learning are important steps. But I think another important way of coping is to foster social support. When you're dealing with attachment injuries, social support is important. And it's important to have people around you that can walk with you through the troubles and the trials that you're going through and that you can lean on for support while you're healing. Those are great points, Michael. So let's go into some scriptures. What are some of the scriptures that can help people cope while they are working through the difficulties as a result of their attachment injury? One of the scriptures that I like is Psalm 34, verse 17 and 18, where it says, The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. So whenever you're feeling overwhelmed, an individual can turn to scripture in prayer, seeking comfort and strength from the Lord. So while you were reading, another scripture came to mind is, Philippians 4, 6-7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So during these uh, moments of anxiety or worry, one can follow the guidance of this passage by praying and offering thanksgiving, trusting God, uh, God's peace to guard their heart and mind. I love that verse, Denise, and uh, I love the verse from Philippians, and I also like I Isaiah 41 verse 10. I think that's another great scripture where it says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. So in times of fear or uncertainty, this scripture can serve as a reminder of God's presence and his promise to provide strength and support. And now one of my favorite scripture uh, from Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and in, and he will make your paths straight. And when facing difficult decisions or challenges, this verse encourages individuals to trust in God's guidance and seek his direction in their life choices. Absolutely, Dennis. I think that is so bang on. And let us remember that Jesus, when he was in the wilderness, he used scripture against the devil. And the devil is, is, is the one who tries to discourage us and tries to make us feel useless and worthless and these scriptures can help to overcome that. I love these scriptures. They even encourages my 
own heart. And now we are out of time for today, but we haven't yet looked deeply into the specific image of changing incorrect perceptions we may have of God due to the attachment injury. So how about if next week we do a show on healing our distorted concept of God caused by attachment injury? I think that's a great idea, Denise. How about if we if we just call it rediscovering God, healing attachment injury? That's exactly what it will be, Michael. And that concludes today's episode of the Life Transformation Show. Don't miss next week's episode. Remember, Life Transformation airs every Monday morning at 9.30. If you missed any part of today's show, you can find the episode posted on Elim Counseling Services YouTube channel. Please consider making a donation to help our Christ-centered ministry. Thank you for joining us today on the Life Transformation Show. Until next time, I'm your co-host, Denise Hart. And Michael Hart, praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.